They are not ready for prime time. Prime time. Prime time. Prime time. That's the name. Prime time. Prime time. What time is it? Showtime. Prime time. It's XL Prime Time, featuring Joe C. Matt Hayes. Big asses. No. Big thighs. Yeah. Mia O'Brien. Bent over and let it happen. And Leon Searcy. So they were smelling themselves. Oh. How you like me now? How you like me yo, now? yo, yo. A Modelo. Thursday, we get it rolling. I got to get my yell in as we get ready for the weekend. You have to wait until your Jacksonville Jaguars play Sunday night, but why not start the weekend right now? Well, that comes after the Christmas party last night. That was uh, that was that worth was a, a little hesitant right yeah, there. That was worth a, a good yellow. How late you had did to you breathe stay deep. Out? Yeah, yeah. We had a good time. Sam Marco is <laughs> always great. Four you had score. to reach down for that one, bro. Yeah, you did. Yeah. yeah, it was good. Uh, four score golf tavern. We had a great time. It's such a, a, a cool little setup uh, that they have down there. And San Marco, you know, the vibe is real. Don't you guys agree? I mean, we're talking about the South Bank. If it all comes together, we all been talking about what needs to happen downtown. But anyway, South Bank and then you get from San Marco over to Riverside. Those are two great places. They yeah. really are. And I got to tell you, I don't know about you boys, but trying to find parking. Bo oh, Valentine yeah. circled for about 25 minutes and he well, called me. He's like, what is happening in San Marco on a Wednesday, apparently between that and some of the other bars around that area, yeah. it's the day to be down there. Yeah, so it, I don't want to hear that downtown's not popping. It's just yeah. across the river. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. happening. And we, we parked the Forerunner perhaps uh, semi-illegally, but we got away with it. It was that, that big parking lot in the back. There weren't any more spots left. I didn't have any problem. <laughs> I, I pulled up. No, Me neither. I just parked right I pulled in front of the up, church. I, I, first, first, thing I, first row I went down, it was a parking space. Okay. Let's just let's park live on the street, right. man. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Always park on the street. Yeah. Every time. Yeah, I, I, I most of the time park on the street, but I just knew that there was a parking lot behind four score, so I figured I'd try it. Anyway, it was loaded up. Yeah, Joe sure. walked in the back like a VIP, yeah, like exactly. fashion- fashionably right. late. Right. Mm-hmm. It was classy. That's I liked I, it. You know, I had to go pick TLD up, okay? I had to go to the- Oh, you Aug. went all the way back and yeah. then came- Yeah, no, I'm coming, I, came I made Bo Valentine drive separate. <laughs> yeah, so we had a good time. Uh, thanks to uh, all that put it together, uh, Steve and Michelle and everybody. We definitely had a good time. All right, so we get it cranking today. Uh, talking about the Jags and definitely, you know, I don't know whether are there such are there such things as soap opera locker rooms, Leon? Because this is beginning to feel a little bit like a soap opera locker room, and the reason I set it up like that is because it's it's like a he said he said situation right now. Hey, Calvin, did you run the wrong route? Hey, wide receivers coach Chad All, did he run the wrong route? No, he did not. Hey, offensive coordinator Press Taylor. No one ran the wrong route. So this is kind of a he said he said little drama. Well, I I, I don't think he, I don't I don't think he ran the wrong route. I just think that it was a sight adjustment, and Trevor threw the ball, and he was supposed to turn his head mm-hmm. and catch the ball, and he kept running. No, I think it was the right route, but his attention to the details of a blitz package. Yahtzee. That's what that's what's in question, not the route that he ran. Mm-hmm. Hell, I I think he ran the right route, but. If you saw the communication between him and Trevor, Trevor was like, you got to see it. So, so that means that that's something in the meeting room, during the film session, they went over, and he did not, he did not act upon it. The, 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 and I, I know how they drill it into you. Yeah. I, I've been in those meetings where they drill, hey, they give you this look, they give you this stunt, this is what you're supposed to do, this is your check down, this is your hot read. Yeah, I mean, so I mean, that, that's, that's the issue I have with, with Calvin Ridley is that it was a side adjust. He was supposed to turn around a particular way and catch the ball. I, I don't, I don't 
Like that he ran the wrong so, route. So, like, he's supposed to have turned around earlier than he yeah, should. Exactly. Than he actually did. Exactly. Because so he, he didn't board. recognize the yeah. defense he like he should have. Exactly. The blitz is the most important So, part when Press Taylor says he didn't run the wrong route, he's yeah. not lying. It gets no, you he's right. Right. he's being yeah. disingenuous. Correct. About the miscommunication between both players. Correct. Mm-hmm. Let, let's play that soundbite if we have it, JJ, just to show the proof is in the pudding. And it's one of those where you're like, hmm, yes, that's accurate, but... Does it tell the full story? Yeah, yeah. I think there's a big difference in running the wrong route and not being on the exact same page with how you're running route. We have not had wrong routes. It has not been this person doesn't know what they're doing. They're running the wrong route or things like that. Okay. Now, at the very least, he couched it that way, but it still comes True. back to what you said. Yeah. Okay, so I want to ask you the second half of this. <clears throat> Knowing what you just described, side adjustment, mm-hmm. go over it in the meeting room, all this kind of stuff, does that frustrate teammate to the point where they'll say, hey, we – we got to get our yeah because together. you can't you, you can't make those kind of mis- listen if, if if this was week two or three mm-hmm. maybe I give you that even though you're still a professional and you, and, and you got to go about your due diligence of being a professional mm-hmm. when they give you that blitz so that they go over and practice you go through blitz drill they give you this look right here it's a side adjust you got to turn your head over real quick mm-hmm. week two I give you that week fifteen you don't get a pass you no. absolutely don't get a pass in week fifteen and, and especially in Matt this is what we've all talked about we even did our ex poll earlier this week. Uh, about are are you are you still into the idea or are you less into the idea of giving Calvin a big deal uh, going forward? He wants to be the dude, the cat. He wants to be Thriller. You've got to make these types of plays because there are so many others at your position out in the National Football League that are making those plays. I I do find it interesting how Calvin Ridley's suddenly the boogeyman. Mm-hmm. When there are many guys, in that <laughs> oh, it's well, many, it's a new guy every many, week. Many, oh, well, many guys That's who are our not job. who are not yeah. playing well. Well, okay, I, I, I just think that no, and it's not just us. It's not seriously. even a new guy; it's a bunch of things, yes. like you're saying. Yes, yeah. I mean it, it's just I, I think it's interesting how it's very easy to say Calvin really because it's obvious that they had miscommunication there. Yeah. But you could go down the line on that team. Yeah. Oh, and they still and let Joe a Flacco. There's a lot of dudes that yeah. are not playing. Yeah, like they, they still let Joe Flacco throw for three plus. And you want to talk about bust? And this is what Coach Campo talked about earlier. Okay, Calvin did not do the side adjustment and know, pick up the blitz and, and, and basically handle it well. Trayvon Walker got absolutely roasted uh, on, on that play when Njoku was you know, coasting down for a score. Same thing with, heck, Mike Caldwell's decision to call a goal line defense on that. So, yeah, there's, there's plenty of places you can – Oh, they, I mean, we can name a few. Um, Sheriff, uh, mm-hmm. Fortner. I mean, there's a lot of guys on this team that the have not been. The entire offensive line. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Well, I'll give Anton a little pass. Yeah. He's, yeah. Right. He's, he's been, we were he's talking about average. this in he's the media room yesterday. He's a few times, bro. Oh, yeah. Well, he's well. also 21 and he's a rookie. Yeah, I mean, he's, you're uh, expecting yeah. that. Yeah. When he's your most reliable offensive lineman, that's the that's the bigger concern. Yeah, that's the, that's well, the no point. Well, uh, you don't get a pass. It's week 15. Right. You don't get a pass And Doug did say that yesterday. Doug said we can no longer use the excuse that we're young. Yeah. No, there's no more buys. Everybody's had their buy. Mm-hmm. But I think that w- when we go back to the Ridley conversation and we want to connect it to some of the other things that have gone wrong, the biggest takeaway that I have is that, and again, I wasn't studying him or following him when he was in Atlanta with each play. But you go back to those two games in London. When Calvin Ridley had success, a lot of it was improvised routes in which pass protection held up past three seconds. And so, thus, he was able to create a play, allow for the route to develop, and Trevor and him were able to connect on it. And right now, because the pass protection hasn't been there to the point where you can 
allow for that route to develop to the third, fourth, fifth read. Because of that, you need to execute the offense as it is being instructed, and that's where I think this miscommunication is lying. Yeah, one problem exposes the other problem even more. Bingo. And it's it's not like the other one's not a problem. It's just exposing it more because you need your guy to play smartly within you know what you have been coached to do and you still have a chance to be successful because if they're only holding up blocks 2.1 seconds whatever the number is leon then yeah everyone's got to be tight on assignment yeah i mean i do remember that game the, the game in london those deep crossers that, mm-hmm. that calvin was mm-hmm. running you know trevor had time to throw that ball those deep balls I and mean, if you get deep crossers with calvin ridley on any db and they don't rotate to safety Oh, he's going to kill him. That's why he he did so well in Atlanta in the Buffalo games, those deep crosses. But, yeah, the offensive line, I mean, right now it's patchwork. I mean, right now you're you're not dealing with the same front five that you started the season with. Uh, You're not dealing with offensive line that's that that reliable Mm -hmm. as far as protecting the, the passer and running the football. But you you got to figure it out. You got you got to figure it out somehow. I mean, a lot of teams are banged up. I know there's a lot of teams that are banged up that find a way to win. Yes. Mm-hmm. That, that's, the, that's the bottom line. And I, I look at the Ravens injury report from yesterday, and it's much cleaner right now. Okay, mm-hmm. there's not a lot of guys' names on the Baltimore Ravens injury report because they're, they're playing well. But guess what? Think of who they lost uh, not that long ago that they've been able mm-hmm. to come back from. We're going to see uh, likely. You're likely to see likely make plays Sunday night. Mm-hmm. Well, guess who he is? He's Mark Andrews' replacement, and he's made plays. You take a look at other guys that they've lost, and you could go to Gus Edwards or any of these other guys that are in the backfield. They're there because Dobbins is gone again. And so they've had to handle injuries, and they've dealt with it. Now, we can point to the roster management. We can point to, to, to is it a bulky problem that they didn't have enough answers uh, from the offseason into the season? Sure, I, can, I, I point at that regularly. But you also have to make sure that well, you know it's good coaching and, and good play. Well, listen, I don't feel right making excuses for well-paid professionals. Mm-hmm. Excuses for their play. No, that's what you get paid to do. You make a, a boatload of money to go out there and execute, whether you're the yeah. starter or you're the backup. And they, they, you can't level off just because your starter's not playing anymore. You always tell the guys that are backups, you've got to prepare just as much as the first guy does. Mm-hmm. And if you're ill-prepared, guess what's going to happen? It's right. going to show on Sunday. Mm-hmm. It's going to absolutely show on Sunday. So, I mean, this team has just got to get over itself. You've got injuries. A lot of teams in the NFL got injuries, but they find a way to win football games. Why can't we? And that's yeah. along the offensive line. That mm-hmm. is along yeah. the defensive line. That's at the wide receiver position. Now with no Christian Kirk for the foreseeable future. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not just a matter of the areas that we're, we're pointing to that have been hit the most by attrition. It's the mm-hmm. fact that Parker Washington had to step in. And did he really have a grasp of what he was doing out there? Mm-hmm. Well, he played hard as heck against yeah. the Bengals. Or you cannot deny that. He made six grabs, and one of them for a touchdown was absolutely unbelievable. But then when you look at the play that Trevor got hurt on, should he have been more prepared for that moment? Should he have known, similar to what we're just talking about with Calvin Ridley, the sight adjustment, the coverage is dictating this, you need to adjust and do this. And then that effort play, which is an effort play, but the ball gets ripped out. And so those are the things. Look, I and we can go back to Chad Hall. Everyone's going to be put in a position where they need to know what they're doing. So that's on player and on coach. It's always going to be a combo uh, when it comes to that. And so, yeah, and, and look, he's a, a bit of a bright spot, but it also, like we said, 
it illuminates other problems. That's for sure. So right now, the Ravens are the favorite. They're a better than a field goal favorite against your Jaguars Sunday night. You guys can hit us on the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures, 641-1010. Jump in on the subject. And, and look, they've got a course correct. There's no other way to get to where they want to go if they don't figure it out with who they have. And they may not have Andre Sisco or Tyson Campbell Sunday night. And that means you got to account, you know, OBJ's a little – He's just he's a little long in tooth, yeah. and, and he's dealing with some injuries. Well, but he made plays last week, and big obviously game last they week. made plays. Mm-hmm. Big game. Yeah. Oh, yes. You, you, you also got to think about this now. If they're, if they're young players that don't know what they're doing out on the field on Sundays, that's an indictment on the veterans. Yeah. Because I'm a bit of an old-school guy. If, if, I got, if I know I got an offensive lineman who's going to make his first start, and I've been in the league a long time, he doesn't have a choice of whether he wants to watch film or not. Yeah. You're going to watch film. Right. You're going to study. You're going to make sure you know everything about this game going into Sunday because you're not going to embarrass yourself or me. Right. Because you represent the unit. That's a good way to put you it. You absolutely represent that. the unit. I love and By that. the way, their lack of preparedness will make you look bad. Exactly. Right. And I think that, again, regardless of position, I think that that is so critical. Of If I'm watching film, you better come over here and watch yeah, film. Yeah, you don't have me. a choice. Yeah. If you're a rookie, you don't have a choice. <laughs> no, you're not going home. Right, because we're all going to be You, you got a date night, cancel it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm right. just saying. No, I agree. I mean, that's how it was. I'm just saying. I, I know people tell yeah. me to stay in my era, but that's how it was in the day. No, you, and you're you right. You had to do it. You're right, because in this age of instant gratification, you may say, oh, well, I'll do 30 minutes of film when I get home. And it's like, mm, but wouldn't you rather watch 30 minutes with the no, veteran? I don't, I don't trust you. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't trust that you're going to do that. Now you're yeah. rookie and you got money. Right. You don't Kyler have, Murray. You, know, you right. never had money before? <laughs> and you're you going to go home and watch? No, I don't trust you. you I, you're going to watch it right here. Since you uh, brought up the offensive line, Leon, and since Joe brought up Andre Sisco and Tyson Campbell's status, I uh, do want to just get, stay on that same topic um, with regards to the offensive line. Walker Little and Ezra Cleveland, both mm-hmm. limited yesterday. Um, spoke with Walker Little. You can check that interview up on our 1010XL YouTube page. Obviously, he's coming back from a hamstring injury. It sounded, without him outright saying it, that, again, the rehab for that, mm-hmm. you know, it's, a, it's not as easy as it looks because he does have to anchor at the point of attack, um, yeah. which, as Brandon Scherf shouted out behind me, uh, yeah. that means he's got to be able to stick his butt out. Right. Um, but then also on the other side of that, hurt a little bit. in speaking with some industry sources, um, it does sound like Ezra Cleveland in line to play on Sunday. Now, is that left guard, left tackle? We don't know. What we do know is that Walker Little was working out with the tackles yesterday, and Ezra Cleveland was working with the guards. So that's the hope. I can just tell you from industry sources, it does sound like Ezra Cleveland, at the very least, is expected to be in the starting lineup on Sunday. But, of course, we'll you know have another day of practice today for the Jaguars. We'll speak with him again in the locker room today, and hopefully everything continues with his rehabilitation from that knee injury he suffered on Sunday. Yeah, come on, Hall and Oates. Come on, Hall and Oates. You need to get him going. All right, so we get it going. With that, you guys jump in. 641-1010, hit the text line, and then you can also find us on YouTube. Just search 1010XL and jump in there. I, I think X has a limit on characters, at least I thought they did, but Kirk Herbstreet has unlimited character potential uh, on, on, on X. Uh, he has this long response about why he voted Alabama over FSU before Jordan Travis got hurt, so we will touch on that. And the Gators' schedule is out, along with the rest of the SEC. That's worth chewing on. Stick around. We're getting into it. Filling up lunch with Leon and the Sausage Dudes. Sausage with a purpose on 1010XL. One day closer to the weekend, one day closer to your Jacksonville Jaguars kicking off on Sunday Night Football for the first time since 2008 against the Baltimore Ravens, which, by the way, boys, 
I had to correct the longest tenured Jaguar before he did a segment with NBC. That, of course, is friend of the program, Tyler Shatley. Mm -hmm. When he went to go do his interview yesterday, I said, man. Shatley's greatest strength is his strength. Thank you, Gus. Um, So I I said, I was like, you know, this must be a pretty monumental moment for you. And he goes, what are you talking about? I've played on Sunday Night Football. And I said, no, you haven't. And he goes, yeah, against the Seahawks in 2017. I said, no, buddy, boy, that was a four o'clock kick. It just went into the night. Yeah. This yeah. is the first. T- and then Walker Little pipes up from across the room and he goes, well, what about the playoffs last year? And I said, no, Walk, you played on Saturday. Yeah. You had the Tariko Good Clemson education and the Stanford. Yes. You yeah. had the Tariko Collinsworth treatment, but that was on a Saturday night. This is the first true Sunday night football game on NBC that the Jaguars have played in since 2008. Speaking of playing in primetime. Florida State will play in primetime this bowl season. However, it will be against the Georgia Bulldogs in the Orange Bowl. And yet here we are, two weeks removed almost from the college football playoff committee's decision to leave them out of the playoff. And not only do Florida State fans still have feelings about it on Twitter and our text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures, Kirk Herbstreet has a lot of feelings about it. Does he not, Joe? I, I Honestly, I thought X would say, hey, just slow it down, big guy. You only have so many characters to work with. We went from 140 to 280. But the, Herbie is fired off like an essay. And this is to a dude that has 235 followers. Lowry goes, remind me again why you had Bama in and FSU out on 11-14 and 11-18 before the Travis injury. Well, anyway – Herbie takes that and just takes off, and he goes all caps uh, through a few of Prepare these. Prepare for the dramatic reading. I feel like we should have bed music. So Herbie this, goes, JJ. because Alabama is all caps better, period. So is Texas. So is Michigan. So is Washington. So is Oregon. So is Georgia. I watch 10 to 15 games a week live from September, early December. I think I'm allowed to have an opinion on who I think, again, all caps, is better if fsu doesn't like this best four the conference commissioners tell them to change the protocol to all caps most deserving until then i and everyone else is certainly allowed to give an opinion in a subjective discussion don't like it change it and so anyway, then he goes down the line with how much he loves Folks, this was like a FSU. 19-paragraph oh tweet. Oh, I mean, you missed the best part. I, all right, here it is. All right, it's funny. When FSU went ahead of the U in 2000 after Dorsey and the boys beat the Knowles and FSU went instead of a deserving Canes team to the BCS championship where they lost to Oklahoma, I didn't hear from all of you about that system being rigged, and it's not fair. Twitter didn't exist. You were big fans of the turnout back then. Of course, most of you in this despicable lunatic fringe probably didn't even know about 2000 when the Knowles got the benefit over a great Miami team. I love them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, he, he, well, he first, won the you best back. part is the succession music <laughs> underneath all this. Well done, JJ. He I won you Kurt. back. <laughs> he won me back. I love you, uh, All right, so I want you to comment on this, but I'm just going to finish it like, he goes into how much he even loves Bobby Bowden. Tell me that that dude didn't get his, uh, you know, lather. This is him trying to save face at the end here. Yeah. Um, all right. So he goes, watch games. More succession music, please. <laughs> he says, basically, I ask questions of the commissioners in the offseason to understand things clearly. Watch games and give my opinion. If it's not for your team, you love me, 
And if it's against you, you hate me. I wish it were different. And hopefully next year with 12 teams, it will be. I'm a huge fan of Coach Norvell's <laughs> team and wish the Knowles nothing but the best. That's a lie. He wants Georgia to whoop them, man. Come on. I, I'm pretty sure now he really wants yeah. Georgia to whoop them. Also, he brought up Bobby Bowden at one point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How much yeah. he loves Florida State going back to the 80s. Like, I mean, Bobby's probably rolling over right now. Like, dude, I didn't ask for this. I mean, he got into his feelings uh, over this one. That's for sure. So it does come back. And by the way, Leon, it, it truly is subjective. It is. And I think most That like, portion, I'm going to get framed. That yeah. You're talking yeah. about <laughs> 2000. Yeah. He's absolutely right. He is absolutely right. Karma. Karma does have doesn't have any time limit on it. Yeah, no, it's true. It's Absolutely. true because you still want to re- remember that you were left out and they were put in. What and do you call way, that when you do a crime from like thirty years ago, yeah. but it's too long ago where they can't charge you or yeah. something? Statute of yeah, yeah, there is no yeah. statute of limitations That's for right. karma. Yeah. In this and this is not world. a cold case. You would like to be able to go back. <laughs> I, and, I don't and, understand and what Florida. Why can't Florida State fans grasp this? Hey, we've got it's attorney generals opinion. on this right now. I know. So, well, same with politicians. Yeah. It's an opinion. Mm-hmm. They think those four teams are the best teams. And it's funny because you can you can bicker with Herbie, and, and look, his opinions aren't always right. They're just his opinions. Yeah. But he basically said, at least he argues, that he thought those other teams were better before the Jordan-Travis injury. I still would have kept FSU in my top four with Jordan-Travis uh, healthy. Yes. But – there's nothing wrong with saying you think Texas, Michigan, Washington, Oregon, and Alabama are all better. There's nothing no, wrong with that. no, there's nothing wrong with saying anyone's better than Florida State. It's what it is. Yeah. College football is the sport of arguing. Right. There is no playoff like the NFL where you know you win your way in, okay? It's not how it works. And, and look, I argued with the injury for Jordan Travis. I included that in the argument that Georgia got ripped off as much as anybody. Yes, it's an opinion-based mm-hmm. yeah. system. Yeah. Whether you like it or not, that's what it yeah. is. Unbeaten, you lose one game, so one score game to a rival in a championship setting, yeah. and you get and you go so, from so, one to out. So if, if Jordan Travis was healthy, all right, and Alabama beats Georgia, beats Georgia like mm-hmm. they did by three, you would have still bounced Georgia. No, out? No, no. If Jordan Travis was healthy, I would have put FSU in yeah. over Georgia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would have. I would have put an undefeated Power Five. Yeah, I, I would have. I would have kept it that way, yes. Would you have done it Florida State 3, Georgia 4, even mm-hmm. with the, or would you have put Alabama in? Because then that obviously rocks the boat with Texas. Yeah, because I feel like, honestly, this is the hardest part. This is why we will, I think, a lot of people will love the idea of the 12-teamer because you, you still get to slug it out on a field. But imagine, it's like it's only one game difference, okay? An undefeated versus a one-loss team. Everyone makes one loss seem like it's four losses uh, compared to the undefeated. It's just one loss. But you had, and I always compare the wins, the most valuable wins, and the most important losses because Georgia lost to the best team yeah. of, of the one loss team. Wait, wait, here's a, here's <laughs> By the a, way, that, if Alabama beats Georgia, and if FSU still has Travis and they win, Alabama's in. Yeah. Texas is out. Yeah. No matter what mm-hmm. Texas thinks, Texas right. may think we beat you in, November, in September, it doesn't matter. Yeah, and I certainly can doesn't understand matter. that. I logic test too. right yeah. now. Yeah. I mean, it, it was an interesting thing that we did when I was playing Miami and Florida State. We always played each other late, and we would bounce each other out of the of the, of the chance to win the national championship. Right. So what we did, just like Georgia, I mean, just like Alabama played Texas, we played Florida State early. Mm-hmm. So that one loss could still, you go and run the table, you still gives you that opportunity to maybe play in the championship. Right. So overcome. I'm looking at Alabama, that loss was what, September, second game of the season? Yeah. I mean, that team, 
we saw that team grow up right before our eyes. We yeah. saw the, that team struggle with South Florida. I mean, come on, that Florida, South Florida could have beat them in that game to where they just started rolling people. So I'm saying a lot's changed from when they lost to Texas in September to where Alabama they, is now. They really reincarnated themselves, yeah. okay? They, they were basically left for dead. And by the way, I tried to throw dirt on Nick at that point saying he's done, and they obviously came back from, from the ashes. Leon, I just want to know, if the state of Florida had opened an investigation during the BCS era back in 2000 <laughs> and tried to get Miami into the big dance. They or, wouldn't because it would yeah. go against Florida, Florida State. state. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. like, yeah. that's the more popular team in the state is obviously Florida State. That's why. But it is funny that we, 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 have, we have people that are elected officials that are but, arguing. But we did have And a this con- did happen in the yeah. BCS era. There were yeah. state attorney generals. Oh, my gosh. They, yeah. they introduced bills into Congress that they were going to get involved. They're gonna I'm make so sure glad this I was didn't a kid happen. for most of that. And, and, and heck, I bet it was uh, what was his uh, uh, Utah when Urban had an undefeated team there. It was. Mm-hmm. It was. That, that was probably one of them that was arguing. Louisville. Well, remember, we also had uh, Jason Campbell led Auburn, Auburn team. to go undefeated. Was not in the national yeah, championship. Undefeated out. SEC team didn't get in. Yeah. Mm. Didn't deserve to get in. <sighs> Staying right, in. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> Just. Big old sneeze, respiratory droplets. Everywhere. I just wanted a, a, a update from Matt because it was about 24 hours ago that a district court judge ruled in West Virginia, essentially open season in the transfer portal era, in which if you have already transferred once, you are immediately eligible. If you transfer again, transfer again in the next 14 days pending a temporary restraining or a court restraint. And so I'm curious, uh, where do we sit in what you predicted to be? The busiest action in the transfer portal over the well, next two weeks. We're literally like twelve hours into it, but but the reality is, I think you're, it's you're going to see guys who had already transferred once get in the portal real quick, because if they're in this fourteen day time frame, they can't be held. Like the NCAA can't come back and say, oh no 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 no, now it's different. If it, if it does change, and again, there's a preliminary injunction hearing on December twenty seventh for this ruling. That could easily say, the judge could easily say, yeah, we're moving forward with this injunction until we get through the trial. And that could be months, a year away. Who knows? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, if, if you're in in those 14 days, you're good for that spot, and it may be much longer than that as well. All right, we've got to bring up the SEC schedule coming up here in a second. <laughs> yes, we will we got to get back into We that. will stay in the college ranks. We also will update you on the very latest when it comes to Gators, Canes, and Knowles recruitment because, boy, oh, boy, is it heating up both on the high school and the transfer portal front. This is XL Primetime. Grilling up lunch with Leon and the Sausage Dudes. Sausage with a purpose on 1010XL. We got purpose, all right. You definitely can enjoy the Sausage Dudes. Hope you enjoy us, Leon, and the Sausage Dudes. Now, we've got college football on the brain right now. Joe C., Mia O'Brien, Matty Hayes, Big Surs, and JJ. And we're going to get back to your Jags and some of the NFL chatter. But this, I mean, it comes out with the schedule. And Florida's schedule immediately, I think, for most Gator fans, make them ask this one very basic question. Will Billy be around? Okay? (laughs) Will Billy be around at the end of this puppy? So let's just – we're going to hit a few of the SEC schedules, but the Gators, just to start us off, they go Aug 31, home to the Canes. Leon Erie has plans on where he's staying. I want to kick their ass! For this Mm -hmm. game. Yeah. He's ready to go. Uh, Then they go lay up. Sanford, then that SEC schedule takes hold because now you have the Texas and the Oklahoma's coming in. 
They've got A&M at home, then Mississippi State on the road. Then after a week off, they play UCF. That's right, undefeated inside the state of Florida. Then Tennessee, then Kentucky, and then this last string of games, Georgia, Texas, LSU, Ole Miss, and Florida State. Yeah, that's those small violins saying, Billy. So we talked about this earlier in the week. May not make it. And I'm, I'm just gonna, and I said I want to throw out a number. Okay? Let's do and, it. And and <laughs> on the text line, you can get involved, six four one ten ten. Okay. And you can explain to us this high low. Okay. More or less. Low. More or less is what we'll call JJ because you know price picks. Yeah, never over under. More or less. Okay. I'm setting the line at four and a half. Four and a half wins or four wins. and a half games? Explain what you're talking wins. about. Yeah, wins or how Actually, long he lasts. Let's, wait, no, let's, let's go back. Let's, no, 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 no. Let's go back to how long does he last. That's yeah. even better. Let's yeah, do yeah. That. Let's do games. Let's do that. Let's so do, how long does he last? Okay? What week do you think he would be canned, if at all? all right, right so let's, let's do that because that's, okay. that's much more all right, so straw I'm, poll. I'm going to say they're one and one after they play Miami and Sanford. So wait, let me put the line first. Okay. I'm going to put the line at, I'll put it at five. Let's put it at five. Okay. So so, they, so do you think he'll be fired before or after? I bet Florida will be favored to beat Miami they, yeah, in they, Gainesville. Yeah, in Gainesville. With Cam Ward? All right, so, I see. I don't know. Right now, as that. of right now, Florida like has the, the best returning like quarterback the in the things. state, and that's yeah. a fact. With Cam Ward. I love that. Right. Because we Cam Ward, at least it's out there uh, with the transfer portal red hot right now, that FSU and Miami are as strong uh, two candidates to lamb Cam Ward uh, from Wazoo uh, over any other school, at least right now. So is Florida one and one after they've played Miami and Samford? We don't know. We will see. But what is their record after they play Miami, Samford, A and M, and Mississippi State? What is their record then? Two and two. I, I mean, they three and one. It's not I would easy. go three and Look, one. It's not easy winning at Mississippi State, man. I know that. I mean, I they that. were the way better team the last time they went there, and Mullen basically did everything he possibly could to win that game. Yeah, I, I just know the that the play calling was phenomenal in that game. But at least what we saw from Mississippi State, this you know the, the latest version of it, it's not good. Yes, well, the first the late, year head well, coach. I mean, yeah. what about the latest version of your squad? I was going to say, I was going to finish it. The latest version of Florida is not good. So believe me, this is a coin flip. I don't even think UC, the UCF game at home is a. Oh yeah, they'll win that game. No, why would I, anyone say that? I don't think anybody. A, a Gator fan, let us know six four one ten ten. Hit the text line because nothing is a guarantee. No, then you got to go to Tennessee. Yeah, so they go UCF, Tennessee, Kentucky. Which All Kentucky right. will have a first year starting quarterback, and Brock Vandegrift is the assumption. Okay, so here we are. Okay, right now we are. But they are, will still have Stoops because he did not go to Texas mm-hmm. A&M. We are seven games in. Okay, seven games in when you get to Kentucky. Does Billy get to coach against the program? I think he does, only because I think A&M and Mississippi State both will have first year head coaches. We don't know what they will look like. We really don't know what UCF will look like, and it, right. it is in the swamp. At Tennessee is a loss, obviously. Kentucky has to come to Gainesville, a place that, yes, they've won twice in the last six years, but I'm never they have say, questions too. I'm, I'm never going to say at Tennessee is just an absolute loss because of what Florida has been able to do right. to Tennessee yeah. through the years. And take a look at what Tennessee did down the stretch this year. I don't so disagree, but they, at the same point, faded. you can't say Kentucky at home is a win either. Yeah. No, no. no yeah. so, but so, they faded big time. So, Matt Hayes, after six games, if Florida is 3-3, three and three, is, is Billy still there? I, don't, I mean, I don't, it depends on the three losses, how ugly they are. You're not canning them until November. It, yeah, so it's here's, not really here's, a thing to it's fire probably, guys during the yeah, season. Yeah, it's, it's probably too low, the line I set. Yeah. It probably should be like around seven. 
Because the reality is, if you look at the last two times they fired a guy, actually the last three, even Muschamp, it was a, it was right after the Georgia game. Yeah, right? it was right e- either yeah either minutes after the Georgia game. Right, or 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 it was known you're out. Yeah, and like I with, think with, part with of it too he, is everybody knew that. I agree with Leon. I think they'll be three and three heading into the cocktail party, and then it's more so. Once again, we go back to the conversation of what must be done eventually should be done immediately because then you're staring down the barrel of at Texas, LSU, Ole Miss. And yeah, then so Florida the line State. really should be eight. Let's do eight because that's Georgia. Georgia's game eight. Yeah, and I, I think so, so more or less. Will he still be the coach at the cocktail party slash when they travel to okay, Austin? Okay, so let's do the 10 10 take real quick because I, I, I don't want to fire him in December <laughs> uh, uh, for November of next year just yet, but let's do this. Now, Josie's 10 10 take. Slow smoked and served up by Sonny's Barbecue, local pit masters since 68. I don't want to go into the New Year's setting up firing Billy Napier uh, 11 months from now, but but whatever. Let's just at least do it. Now, Sonny's, you can chew on this while you chew on some delicious ribs, pulled pork, brisket, turkey, whatever it might be, and all those terrific sides. Look for Sonny's all over the First Coast, and especially if you're thinking about tailgating and you don't want to cook, make sure you hit up Sonny's. So, the way I would label these, and tell me if you all agree or, or however you would describe it, is who did you beat and how did you lose that game? Who did you beat and how did you lose that game? Because that's really what it's going to come down to. Did you beat Miami? Or if you take a look at either A&M or Mississippi State, how did you lose that game? If you look at UCF, Tennessee, and Kentucky, same thing. Who did you beat or how did you lose that game? And that's going to be the judge, jury, and sentencer on Billy Napier is the product better because right now, and you guys know how I feel and a lot of Gator nation is feeling the same way. They don't necessarily see the product that they want to see two years in so, this bad boy. That's the 10, 10 take. Honestly, that's I, I, I think, I think what you said is spot on actually. Okay. Mm-hmm. But I will say this, what comes into play is how he reacts because if they lose the season opener against Miami and Gainesville, the the post game press conference will be all over him, mm-hmm. yeah. and how will he respond then? And then how Mario, does, how does he take that? What the hell is going on here? You had nine months and you lost twenty three to ten. Right. You know, it'll be one of those like like Utah, same yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. So what? That's what I'm saying. So if you lose to Miami and it's an ugly loss, and it just doesn't look good, and the defense doesn't look good. Right. You've had nine months to fix this defense. Yeah. yeah. How does? How does he respond to that? I think yeah. is a big then, thing. Too. Then the AM game, Leon, and the Mississippi State game yes. is all up for grabs. And UCF and, and UCF, Tennessee. Course, yeah. 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 And mm-hmm. of course, a big question will be we know Graham Mertz is most likely the quarterback, but will DJ Lagway be on the roster? Will LJ McCray be on the Gators opening week roster? Those are just some of the names that are expected to sign next Wednesday, or are they? McCray visited both Auburn and Florida State last week, had an in home visit as well from the Knowles. He did just tweet the graphic that we've seen from plenty of Gator commits over the last two days of one week until I'm a Gator, although it is kind of funny because the expectation would be he would sign next Wednesday, not Mm -hmm. next Thursday, and Mm -hmm. he tweeted it 40 minutes ago. Um, So, hey, we're going to be monitoring the mainland product, and, you know, if his commitment is as firm as many believe it is. State champion right now after beating up on – or not beating up, but barely beating St. Augustine High. Georgia's schedule. Let's hit this real quick because we have, I think, there have been you know a number of people, my myself included, that probably have taken swipes at Georgia's schedule. Okay, because of who they haven't played, that type of stuff. Listen to this one. Okay, I mean their total schedule will include Clemson, Alabama, 
Auburn, Texas, Florida, finishing up with Tennessee. Look at, uh, look at uh, you throwing in Florida in there. Huh? Look at you throwing Florida yeah, in there. It's like a rivalry it's a game. One. It's a cocktail party. <laughs> you always get, throw out the records, you know, all that stuff. But honestly, that's a pretty meaty schedule for the, for the Bulldogs. Yeah. Matt, that is pretty yeah, meaty right there. I mean, I mean to be this fair, this is what they, the SEC they, is going to be. They typically have a a meaty schedule. Last year, just look at it, the, the whole Tennessee and Oklahoma thing with the SEC, and they both had to, you know, they had games, and and Tennessee had to drop Oklahoma, and so did Georgia. And mm-hmm. I get all that, but I'm also the guy that said they could have they could have gone to Norman and played that game this year. Yeah, they could have done that, and they didn't. But so, in your first five games, you're playing Clemson. Yeah. Uh, Kentucky and Alabama, and look, Kentucky's always going to be a tough out, and then you follow that with Auburn, <laughs> Mississippi State, Texas, and then finish out Ole Miss, Tennessee uh, after playing Florida here. Yeah, that, that's that's a, that's the SEC with the addition of Texas and Oklahoma is going to put some uh, pretty plus you're you're at Alabama and at Texas, and mm-hmm. quite frankly, Texas could win it all this year and have a good team returning. Mm-hmm. How many games can Georgia lose and still get in the playoff, though? And a 12-team playoff? Probably three. Three, yeah. So, yeah, cool. right. And it, Depending on when and how, actually. Right, yeah. And it's a, it's a good – it certainly is yeah, a good Yeah, you can't drop schedule. it to, like, Plus, By the way, Georgia's Kentucky. not losing three games. Right. Year. Yeah, or, you know, uh, you know, basically no limping in. What the if they don't have a quarterback? Like, what – you don't think they could lose to Texas, who has yours? You don't think they could lose at Alabama, who obviously has a great quarterback coming back? And Good. That's two, yeah. Maybe mm-hmm. another one mixing. Obviously, Florida. <laughs> it's, always, it's always a possibility. <laughs> I'm just saying. Like, yeah. I, three losses to me is an, insane. I'm just doing in my head the math of, like, who they would lose to three times besides Alabama. I mean, Texas. Yeah, that's – Texas, yeah, Alabama, that, Clemson, yeah, somebody. Clemson. I mean, Cle- let, let's talk about Clemson a little bit, especially because they are coming to Jacksonville for the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl in a few weeks. This is an off year, Matt, in your estimation, or Clemson will be back to what we know them to be this time next year? Well, Dabo's in the portal now. Mm-hmm. He's looking in the portal now. So yeah. he's going to get guys out of the portal. Yeah. So that's mm-hmm. immediate impact guys that will help them. Um, Klubnik did not play the, did not play well. No. He I was thought so he would have like a, a nice – Second time as a starter, and he's going out there, and boom, he's going to play well. And he didn't. Doesn't mean he can't next year. Right, but he was very uneven. Their whole, like- their whole, their whole rise under Dabo is, is because he's had really good quarterbacks and two two great quarterbacks and really right? good defense. Right, and and Deshaun and Trevor obviously were great quarterbacks. Taj Boy was a really good quarterback. Yeah, and, and Clubbick's not there. Right. Oh no. DJ no Uyunglele. DJ Uyunglele was not there. He's in so, the portal. He is. Yeah. He's looking in the portal, man. Mm-hmm. He's going to get guys. He will get dudes. I don't know how many he's going to get. Yeah, it, it, but he's giving in now. Yeah, because he thought he didn't like the NIL, and it's not like they're not using it. But he didn't like it, and I'm sure that didn't sit well with recruits. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure it was used against him. And then the portal, he's not embraced. And here's the thing: Mike Norvell has embraced the portal and is one with it. But Devin Leary goes to Kentucky and is supposed to be all that, and he ain't. And so it can be. It can back, not backfire. It can just not be successful for you. And so he's got to make sure he gets the right guys. There's no question about that. Real quick, before we head into the 1 o'clock hour, Cam Ward, the latest on him. I know On3 Sports is reporting that it's between Miami and Florida State. We reported yesterday about the fantastic dinner that mm-hmm. Cam Ward had down oh, in, yeah. in Coral Gables. Um, there also still is a threat from Ohio State, is there not, Matt? Well, I, I think Ohio State's – it's not just Ohio State. There's a lot of people that are interested in him. And if – Carson Beck would make a decision. Georgia might be interested in him, too. If 
the decision is I'm going to the NFL. So he, he's there's a lot of guys right now out there that are waiting. You know, these guys, there's a group of like 10 guys, quarterbacks in the portal that are guys that could, you know, play anywhere. They're mm-hmm. good guys, good players, right? Mm-hmm. And they're 11 days in the portal and they haven't made a decision yet. Typically, these guys get in the portal, make their decision quickly, and go. But I think they're all waiting for Beck to see what happens because if Beck goes to the NFL, you've got a plum job available with a team that is national championship ready and is talent-wise is probably the most talented roster in the country next year. Mm-hmm. All right, so chime in on it. If you've seen these SEC schedules, you can let us know what you think. Six four one ten ten, and you can hit the text line designed by Lifetime and Carlos. And of course, uh, you can respond to Matt's straw poll of if the Gators were to part ways with Billy Napier. Yeah, you're not firing anybody before November. At least eight. that's just eight. Yeah, yeah. So we'll put it at eight. Uh-huh. So it's going to be before the before the cocktail party or after it. What right. if he wins? Yeah. Next year. Yeah. You ever think of that? Then, yeah. You know what? Come More on. power to him, man. I yeah. think it's awesome. <laughs> if he wins next year. He's going to get a raise. Yeah, like That's I said, all, all I wanted to see was what the product looked like this year, and the product was so up and down, more down than up, obviously. Uh, and you can't keep losing roughly approaching two out of every three games. Not only that, I you know. The key game. I, I think about. Florida fans, and you can, you can respond to this, mm-hmm. I, I think Florida fans want him to succeed, not because they don't want to keep firing coaches, but because they think he's a good dude. Yeah. They like him. Well, well, they're also desperate for wins to be relevant. Yeah, again. of course. So you don't want to run a guy out and then and then hope and pray for another guy you have no idea could be better or worse. Uh, so yeah, you, they're hoping he succeeds, but it, it's, it it hasn't happened nearly fast enough. You need to show turnaround signs in the second year. I mean, Mario struggled it, with this too. Yeah. At least he showed turnaround. It's a byproduct of Norville, is it not? Yeah, yeah. Mike Norville. His success is making yeah. everybody. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. All right, into the 1 o'clock hour we go. It's XL Primetime. Well, I mean, it's a challenge. Obviously, there's a comfort level in playing and knowing who you're playing with, experience next to the people. But at the end of the day, it's an excuse. I mean, we're called on to produce in the run game, produce in the pass game, and produce as an offense. So we got to find whatever way we can do to to get that going. And we've done that at points in the season, but um, it needs to be better than it was the last two weeks. This is XL Primetime, brought to you by Florida Home AC. Now that's cool on 1010XL. That was Press Taylor, offensive coordinator for your Jacksonville Jaguars. That cut courtesy of Jaguars.com. And and I love when he says, yeah, we've done that at points of the season, but got to do it now, okay? Because, yeah, you had a five-game win streak. You had a chance at a number one seed, but now you're on a a 2L streak and you need to fix it. That's for sure. So we get in the 1 o'clock hour. Talking a little Jaguar ball, the rest of the NFL, and we definitely got to get back into our college conversation. Joe C., me, O'Brien, Matty Hayes, Big Surson, JJ. And, and so the the hot topic as we started our show, Press Taylor with his soundbite, others were talking about it as well, including Calvin Ridley, who was questioned as to whether or not he was running the wrong routes. Uh, but it's just not that. It's not reserved to one thing. So what do you think, Leon, of what Press says – about this line play. Look, they're they're banged up. Yeah. We don't know if Ezra and Walker are going to be 100% healthy, but they need to be better. Yeah, well, in layman's term, he's basically telling the O-line, you need to get your rear end gear, mm-hmm. all right? You, you need to get going. I mean, you, you, you're the heartbeat of the offense. If, if you're not protecting well, you're not running the ball well, I mean, yeah. then all goes to hell, to be quite honest with you. This this team, it's, it's a little patchwork. You're missing a little – you know, the right side is pretty complete, but the left side, you know, we're, we're dipping and dabbling guys here and there. But next man up. I mean, this team knows what's ahead of us. You know, the division, the playoffs, and all that kind of stuff. And this kind of play, 
the kind of play the offensive line has been playing is going to cost you games. It's cost them two games. So you, the last thing you want to do is, I always say, you don't want to go into the playoffs or potentially go into the playoffs leaking oil. And right now this team is. They would take winning three of the next four. I know they would take it, but you need to still make sure that you are dangerous going into the postseason I mean, instead of exposed. You've mm-hmm. already got Broncos writers and fans that I'm seeing right now on X or Twitter, whatever you want to call it today, um, saying – that judging by the metrics, wouldn't you, uh, if, you, if you're the Broncos or one of these teams that's vying for a wild card spot, mm-hmm. the team you want to face is the Jaguars. You don't want to hear that if you're the Jaguars. No. They did last year, but that was because they snuck into the playoffs and many believe that they had arrived a year early. Now it's, well, they're, they're playing the worst ball of the four, which, I mean, I would think that the Kansas City Chiefs and Miami Dolphins losing the way they did this past weekend would maybe question that. But the reality is, is you've lost two in a row. And you've lost two in a row in which your defensive EPA per play, because I'm looking at this plot chart right now, mm-hmm. in terms of the passing and rushing defense, the Jaguars, and our, our, thanks to our good buddy John Shipley for doing the math on this one, the Jaguars in defensive EPA per play before their bye were ranked third in the National Football League. Since then, they are ranked 27th. Now, That's part tumbling. of that, part of that, because yeah. I'm looking at the one for this past week, the Jags are actually in that upper right-hand quadrant where you want to be. It just so happens the Cleveland Browns are literally the number one ranked team. Mm-hmm. So I would think their performances against the San Francisco 49ers and Cincinnati Bengals are a big reason why there's been that dip. But still, I would think, Leon, if you're in that locker room, you don't want to be hearing that, oh, teams would rather face you than these other teams that also blew it over. Well, I mean, offensively, yeah. I mean, if you're offense and you're going up against a defense that can't get to the passer – have breakdowns and coverage and can't cover and got to stay in zone, man coverage. Yeah, absolutely. If you're a team that, you know, that throws the ball, you know, mass majority of the time, yeah, you want to see the Jaguars because you ain't going to get any pressure. And, and we got to play zone mm-hmm. and we've got issues in the secondaries. So the, why the not part of play it, us? The other part of it is that you're right. They're limited and they're not getting to the quarterback. But a question of toughness has come up the last couple of games. Yeah. 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 That, that, that's true. I mean, Especially, well, both sides of the ball. Yeah. I mean, the offensive line is, you know, finesse. Mm-hmm. Can't run the ball. You know, third and short, we're in shotgun. Fourth and short, we're in shotgun. I mean, our best play is to throw it deep on fourth and one. You can't get a yard. I mean, that's an indictment on the offensive line, on third and shorts and fourth and shorts, where we're not in too tight and we're trying to run the ball to get the first down. Who's so. making that decision? Um, it's got to be press. I would well, think it, it, it but, would be him. But it can't just be one guy. No. You, you, you know that. It's just like, well, in other words, Doug. Is it's not set, like the offensive line, though, is yeah. saying, hey, we can't protect going to <laughs> yeah. shotgun. Well, I mean, do, do you blame him? Yeah. I mean, do you blame the coordinator? I mean. They he, threw it 50 he, sometimes. He, he's seen, he's, he's had more than a sample size of what this offensive line can do in short yardage. Right. We're one of the worst in the league. We're yeah. one of the worst in the league. And then when he gives the offensive line an opportunity early in the game to run the ball, it's second and eleven. It's second and 13. They're losing yards. They're giving up penetration. So, if I'm the offense coordinator and I'm trying to get the offensive line rolling and they're not, they're giving up penetration, they're whiffing on blocks, they, they, they're getting split on double teams. I mean, quite frankly, I, I wouldn't put much merit or much trust in the running game at all either. You know, it's funny. We always talk about, you know, guys, where do they first get hit by the defense? ETN gets hit at E, okay? The, the announcer doesn't even get ETN out and he's hit. Because that's how quickly they're on him. And he has gotten beaten up a little bit. And I totally agree with what, what Coach Campos said earlier this week. Get him 
get these linemen moving because they're athletic enough to do it and come up with some of those space plays where you can make a little room for this guy. So here's the way I see it. Look, I hate the third and short shotgun. Mm -hmm. That being was standing, okay? That being was standing. I don't think it's play calling. I don't think it's scheme. I really just think it comes down to want. Mm -hmm. It literally, football is a want game. How badly do you want it? That's what it is, okay? And last year this time, Mm -hmm. they wanted it. And you could tell they wanted it. And they played with a little fight. You know what I mean? Every week they were fighting. Mm-hmm. That's what I. That's when I watch this team now. I don't see want and I don't see fight, and that's what I think is missing. It's not so, scheme. It's not play calling. It's how badly do you want to get out there and win that game? Before so, so, before you respond, Leon, yeah. JJ, um, just fire up and we'll let Leon respond then. But uh, Andrew Wingard yesterday because I asked him about that. Yes, mm-hmm. go ahead, Leon. No, no, I, I, no. I was just thinking the Matt saying. I mean, they were they were junkyard dogs last year. Yes, scrapping, and, and now they're lap dogs. Is what you're saying? Yes. Okay. <laughs> but it, uh, not because I think they're soft. It's just, I mean, you, somebody's got a lot of fire in them. Man, the season yeah. is winding down right now. But when you and do, if you don't think the Texans or the Colts can come and surpass you, if you keep right. playing poorly, yeah. you're out of your mind. But when you do say the want to, you know, it, that's what you have to do. It's, it's I got to beat my guy. And the last two weeks, the want to was on the Browning side and the Flacco yes, side. Yes, 100% yes. And, and, they, and they may have been given a little extra because they were trying to help their quarterback. They didn't feel as secure. But, but Guess that, where that, it was that, with the Niners that, that they'd lost three straight and came in here. Yeah, well, they, yeah, they got back to full strength and they beat that, that yes. bottle. But, but here's yeah. the thing, man. I mean, I agree with you totally what you're saying. But, but and I always say this, that, that your, your mindset to run the ball doesn't start on Sunday. It, it, it starts – on Monday. Sure. And somewhere in between Monday and playing the game. Yeah, but one one includes practice. I agree. Absolutely. That's not agree. just Sunday. It includes yeah, yeah. everything, man. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. You gotta agree. prepare. You gotta you have to prepare it's all in the preparation. during the week. Mm-hmm. All right, so let, let's do a bold fact real quick. Uh, we talked oh, wait, about you wanna do Dewey. Oh first. yeah, yeah, you you got the sound bite from Dewey. Yes, I just emailed it to JJ. So I asked Dewey Wingard, what is the response to fans that are panicking, fans that are worried about another home loss? about the season going off the rails. Here is our guy, mm-hmm. Captain Duval, Andrew Wingard. Um, if you panic, I don't like you. So, um, look, we've lost two games, um, unfortunately. Um, you know, I'll just I'll blank that out. But we can cut we're, that part we're out. dialed in. We're, we're dialed in. Um, and we need you Sunday night. Those vibes on that Monday night game were unbelievable. Um, and, you know, we just need to embrace that. And, you know, we're trying to embrace more of a, a Jacksonville kind of mentality as a team, you know, kind of kind of rough, kind of kind of blue collar, kind of, you know, chip on your shoulder, kind of kind of nasty, kind of gritty stuff like that. So um, come out Sunday night. Let's rock out. Uh, look, well, I, I like the idea of that. And, yeah, and that was an unbelievable. You're, here's, here's the you're thing. 12 games in and yeah, now you're you starting to think it about it. <laughs> it was an unbelievable atmosphere Monday night. It yes, really absolutely. was. Absolutely, yes. yeah. But, I mean, it's, it's like going in the theater and, and you've seen a bad movie and then you leave and you come back and you go see the same movie. <laughs> it's still bad. <laughs> and and until, until you put another movie on, I, I, yeah. I'm, I'm tired of seeing yeah, the same movie. That's also, by the yeah. way, a little bit of whistling through the graveyard, too, is what yeah. it is. Yeah, well. well, it's like I, I know what he needs and wants, but, you know, back to that uh, persona of, of, the, of the town, Think of the teams that that just beat them. Okay, those are tough, rugged, Midwest. You know, 
mm-hmm. work your tail off. You know, those are the types of personalities <laughs> that those teams carry with them. We used to be in that division. Remember yeah, back the, in the, exactly. the black and blue, the, yeah. the, the Steelers, the Titans, the Ravens. Yeah. Uh, Bengals, play, yeah. the Browns. Yeah, the, Bengals, the, Brown, yeah. the Browns didn't come until late, I think. Yeah, yeah, but those, those we knew going into that division. Yeah, it, those that was big boy division. Yeah, if you didn't, if you couldn't run the ball, you couldn't play defense. You were left in the cold. And by the way, this town works hard. Yeah, and, and yeah, embrace that personality. We're all about it. If you do, uh, that's for sure. Let's get a bold fact in here real quick on uh, one of those losses. Here's a bold fact brought to you by Bold City Brewery, Duval's first craft brewery. Online at BoldCityBrewery.com. Bold City, they've always got it going on Thursday. It's always a a fun night to head to the production house on Roselle Street with burgers, bingo, and brews. So you can get the BOGO action on your brews, all that great craft, along with some of those smash burgers and some bingo. So make sure you check out BoldCityBrewery.com. So Jake Browning came in and filleted this defense, right? A guy that you didn't know much about, but he had come in kind of a whatever. Just to also ran, sitting on the bench behind Burrow, gets his first road start, comes in and fillets his team. So he's been on a little bit of a roll. All right, he is the second player since 1950 with a completion percentage of 70 or higher and a passing rating of 95. So listen to this. He completed this last couple of go-rounds 79.3% of his attempts. He is 69 of 87 in his first three career starts. He's working at nearly 80% completion rate, all right? Name the only other guy since 1950 that has a high completion percentage that rivals Jake Browning by a quarterback in their first three career starts. Kurt Warner. Kurt Warner. Johnny U. So, C.J. Stroud didn't get off to, like, the the crazy accurate start, so not him. What about Brock Purdy? Yeah, that's a good one. Brock Purdy. Mm-hmm. But, like, that percentage is so high. It's wild. That's crazy. Okay. And the fact that it's no longer just against the Jags either. Like, yeah. He did it to somebody else, too. So, first three career starts, 79.3%. And he beats the other guy. And there's only two of these since 1950 that have been able to do this. The other guy had 77.4%. No one's going to get it, so I'll throw it at you. Dan Fouts. No, that's another good one. Mm. And these are all recognizable names. So it's not a recognizable name, then. Is it Cam? No. No way. Yeah, not no. This is, like, in other words, you'd name 100 quarterbacks before you got to this guy. Oh, so well, is, he, so so is he old, Mark, is he old yeah. school? Mark Rippin. He ain't old school. <laughs> he text, ain't old school. Like, give the us, text give us line a, would a, like to submit a years. vote. Hang on a second. Uh, Achilles give us Smith. It, it's, it's in the 21st century. I know. Give me, like, a 10-year. Jake Locker. Uh, no I'd way. say in the O's. In the O's, all right. Yeah, in the O's. The text line has three submissions. Sam Bradford? Jeff Garcia, Mark Bolger, or Chad Pennington? The last one is the correct one. Oh! oh good snag. Yeah. Listen. Marshall's own. Yep, Marshall's own. We are. And so uh, credit to the text line. But, yeah, Chad Pennington had 77.4% completion. So that was the jet. Three. And, by the way, remember, short – High percentage, same thing that Jake Game Browning manager. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and so and Pennington was a, was he was a tough nut. So there you go. All right, so we'll get back uh, to our SEC scheduling and some of your responses as far as Billy Napier is concerned. How long will he last? We've got recruiting, uh, red hot. We'll mention that coming up in just a second with signing day, inside of a week, the first time these players could sign on the dotted line. <laughs> 
Grilling Up Lunch with Leon and the Sausage Dudes. Sausage with a purpose on 1010XL. We will get it back to college football in this 1 o'clock hour on a Thursday edition of XL Primetime. Reminder, we are only with you until 2 due to Jaguars programming coming up at 4 p.m. with the Frangie Show sandwiched in there. But I want to begin with a saucy nug from the association. And after that, I do want to get into also the drama surrounding Giannis Antetokounmpo last night. I already told JJ this one, boys, but it is just crazy to think the Texas Rangers, as in the baseball team that won the World Series, have won a game more recently than the Detroit Pistons. Saucy nugs. They have lost 21 straight games, and thus the Texas Rangers have a win since November 1st, and the Detroit Pistons do not. Mm. That's terrible. Hopefully they're not a prize pick. So I, I, parlay for you I, coming I thought it was game. the Spurs. The Spurs are on a losing streak as the well. The Spurs huh? also not a great basketball team. Oh yes. God. And this is when everyone's like, hey, the league is, you know, strong enough for expansion. You know, we could easily get two more teams. And it's like, can we? When we got the Spurs and Detroit well, losing 21 straight, man, that's well, listen, so you, bad. You know Vegas is getting a team. That's think. that. That's yeah. the one that they're trying to expand to, and they want LeBron to be part owner and da 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 da. But I. But I thought Pop was this great coach, JJ. I thought he was. Well, like, he's he not the Detroit coach. coach, but yes. Uh, Spurs. Right? Spurs, Spurs haven't lost twenty one. So bad. Yeah. Um, they did lose last night to the Lakers. One team that's not awful is the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, now with the one-two punch of Dame Lillard and Giannis Antetokounmpo, who both cracked the history books last night with Giannis breaking the single scoring record in a game in Milwaukee history. Dame Lillard now fifth all time in threes made. And there was some drama in case you missed it. Uh, because on the other side, Oscar Shibway, the former national player of the year out of Kentucky, now playing for the Indiana Pacers recorded his first NBA bucket. And thus the Indiana Pacers decided that they would take the ball with them. Giannis and the Bucks then rushed the Pacers' locker room because they felt the ball deserved to be given to Milwaukee. And so my question for you, Leon Searcy, is um, can you remember a time in which having a football that was part of a significant moment in history resulted in what was described as a fracas in Milwaukee? A scuffle Mm -mm. last night? No, I've never seen anything like that. But, I mean, Giannis deserved that ball absolutely deserves the ball. Now, the way he went about it was wrong, but he deserved that ball. I mean, you going to give a guy a, a ball for making a bucket in the NBA? Come on. <laughs> Stop One that. basket. One basket, yeah. really? He gets the I game ball? I thought the whole thing was childish from yeah. both ends. Like, Giannis sprints to the back. Like, sprints. Like, I've never seen him run that fast. And then the Indiana Pacers were guarding the game ball in, you know, the uh, the by the locker room as if it was gold. Yeah, And I, then, was- like – then Giannis goes back out, and he's telling, screaming out all his own teammates, you guys better go get that ball for me. Like, he says it like three times, you better go get that ball. Yeah. Like, you know your job on my team is to just do what and, and I like, say. The whole idea is that you got this far, you're supposed to be good, okay? This is not like – You uh, won an, a championship. Which exactly. he then Why do revealed, you care about he, that ball? He doesn't even have the ball from game six of the NBA Finals wow. in which he was the MVP. So That's why was weird. this basketball so important? And then he like tried to follow it up with, well, I also was thinking maybe Dame should have it because he passed Kyle Korver, and I'm 2003s away from Kyle Korver. <laughs> At some point, it just yeah. became a pride thing. Yeah. And he was just like, I'm not going to let them have it over me. 
Uh, our, our son, Michael, in the middle, he hit uh, one of two glorious home runs in his uh, stellar St. Joe baseball career. Yeah. That's a set of balls. I tried to put it up, uh, you know, frame it for him and everything. But it was against University Christian, and I almost got, like, hit by a car running out on the university <laughs> trying to get this baseball. Anyway, could not find it. Went back, uh, you know, afterwards, mm-hmm. congratulated him and all this kind of stuff. And the coach is like, don't worry about it. He just walks over and he grabs one out of the, you know, out of the. That's now what Giannis is saying. He thinks they gave him a new ball. <laughs> a ringer. I, I'm just very curious in Nooner Nation out there. Does anybody have a story of like, like to Joe's point yeah. of like, you are so focused on preserving this piece of your yeah. family and your personal uh, history. Well, I actually know a guy that used to work for the Yankees. Yeah. And he hated the job. And he's like trying to get fired at one point. He actually went and got Babe Ruth's old jersey from nice. who knows when and was like wearing it at a meeting and like spilling food he on it. Should have dragged was... the World Series trophy around behind his car. <laughs> yeah, that been. was a good idea too, but <laughs> Yeah, he Thank eventually you, he kept his job. That's <laughs> wild. How could you hate that job if you were for the Yankees? Honestly, for being real, unbelievable, unbelievable. All Didn't right. like, or I mean, um, uh, what's his name? Steinbrenner was like, Gary, I love George this dead. guy. Like, I love his attitude. We got to change things around around here. Hire this man. Yeah. <laughs> I can't. All right. Uh, speaking of uh, famous characters in history, friend of the program, mm-hmm. Leroy Butler. Mm-hmm. Just tweeted out at 1.09 p.m., which we believe he's in Green Bay right now, but he could be driving around Duval right now. We love you, Leroy. You have a right to your opinion about the best four teams playing in the college fraud playoffs, but I don't have to respect it either. Hashtag go Knowles. Yeah, he's exactly right there. Yeah, whatever side you're on. In response to Kirk Herbstreit. It's opinion, and everybody's got an opinion. And and, and this is – College football's about. Gosh, man, if we're – and this was a year – where you probably could put together a decent argument for six, seven teams, mm-hmm. including a team that was unbeaten, and a lot, a lot of people thought they didn't belong because they had the hurt quarterback and that they weren't going to be competitive in that next. So game. here's the thing with Florida State, and I was telling Leon this during the break is what they've done under Mike Norvell mm-hmm. has been so underplayed. They've won 19 in a row, yeah, man. Yeah, 19 straight games, and it's not like it's. And I know that has nothing to do with the playoffs. I get all of that. All I'm saying is that's a guy they want to run out of town. Mm-hmm. Okay? Well, now they've won 19 in a row, and their, their, their trajectory, is, trajectory is way up. Yeah. You, way can, up. you can remember two major sagas in his first offseason, and it was a pandemic world, so it wasn't the easiest to, to navigate. He didn't see his players till yeah. six months after he got the job. Well, but see he also face-to-face. Uh, yeah, he also did the text and said he communicated with every player after right. – you know, and got in all sorts of hot water with Marvin Wilson and all of them establishing a player. Uh, you know, see, pack. as I'm practicing out there, and yeah. people out there going, hey, some Yeah. By the way, yeah. uh, we, <laughs> are, we are approaching not only the two-year anniversary of Urban Meyer being fired as the Jacksonville Jaguars head coach, but that coincides with the two-year anniversary of the Fire Mike Norvell Twitter spaces, um, mm. which is one of my favorite they, yeah. Twitter spaces in the, the annals of history, just because I think that – it just encompassed now two years later this frustration about looking at the transfer portal and trying to band-aid fix and not developing guys. Well, now as we look to the recruiting cycle, not only has Mike Norvell been able to get guys in the portal, had the number one ranked transfer portal class the last two seasons, yeah. but now he's slated to have the number three overall high school class. Yeah, and the other thing was is that he had a top ten class a couple of years running. 
and then whatever the losses would get to him, and then they would dip and fall out of the top ten. But he recovered, how? With the transfer portal. So he was able to overcome that, any negativity, and everyone thought, well, he can't recruit. Well, he's now proving to you, at least now, that he can get the transfer portal guys to show up, and we're talking impact guys. <laughs> how many transfer portal uh, players did – you know, some of the other schools bring in but didn't make impact plays like the guys that, that Mike Norvell has gotten. Yeah, they wanted to run them out. But you also have to be careful that you don't say just because it worked there, Leon, just because he was able to turn that corner in such a big way that be patient, Florida, be patient, Miami, the same thing will happen to you. Yeah, but, I mean, he did, he did such a masterful job with the, the transfer portal. I mean – that's a hard gig to, to get guys to come into your program, to buy into your program, who went, went to other programs. Yeah. And then you, you, the naturation of the locker room, you know, bringing those guys in or whatever. But it does put pressure on four- and five-star guys. You come in, they recruit you. If you don't pan out right away, you, you're in the, we're going to find someone to replace you. Look, mm-hmm. let's also be very fair to Mike Norvell. Mm-hmm. It wasn't an operational mess the first two years. They didn't have two guys wearing the same number. No. Okay? Yeah. They weren't having procedure well, penalties in week 11 or week 12, okay? They just weren't that good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He just no. had to improve the roster. That's right. all. There this, were... this structurally and operationally is a mess at Florida. So you got, I mean, Mike Novell should not be thrown into that category. Right. Well, he no, just no. had my, to rebuild it. That's my all. whole point is don't fall for the trap that. Yes, hey, I agree with that. I'm supporting, your, I'm supporting yeah. your statement. And if you go back to. Who was it? It was under Willie Taggart when a, a Florida player was telling Florida State, "You don't have enough players on the field." So this was that was pre Mike Norvell, at least as far as I, that's how I recall it. But yeah, but they did lose to Jacksonville State. They did look ugly at times, and so that's where you're trying to figure out the last start Tate Rodemaker had before this run was against Jacksonville State. Okay, so what what's the difference? They had a good. No, he, start, no, he started against Louisville, beat him actually last year. Yeah, I thought before his that. last. I'm talking about before this this last time. The last year he started against Louisville. Was it against Louisville? Yeah. Okay. Maybe, maybe I'm thinking. Maybe I'm thinking road game. Anyway, I was. I remember reading that. And so, but the, I guess the whole point was is that Jordan Travis was yeah. there through and through. Yeah. You know, he got the quarterback that he needed to obviously lead the charge, and that was another but guy. It's that was also a like guy. you. You might not have liked the wins. I think it was the wins, no wins, that was burning the FSU fans. Mm-hmm. It's the no wins that's burning the Florida fans, but it's also. They don't look like they know what the hell they're doing out there. Mm-hmm. And it's historically bad defense from Chris Farley. That's yeah. another problem. Yeah. yeah, it's terrible. It's just one after the other. Yeah. And as we know, he drew the line in the sand. Chris Farley stays, Corey Raymond and company. Out of here. This is XL Primetime. This is XL Primetime, protected by preferred roofing on 1010XL. We're hanging out until 2 o'clock this afternoon. Friends, she'll be rolling in. And then the coaches show, Doug Peterson, he has been animated this week. He even went to uh, the presser, was it Monday, where he had a bunch of pregnant pauses because he was at a loss for words uh, for what his team uh, has been putting out there on tape. Uh, so definitely a, a more frustrated Dougie Fresh, and he's hoping he can get them to respond Sunday night against the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, will there be fireworks Sunday night? 
I sure hope so at the bank, courtesy of the teal and black. But JJ's got some fireworks. (laughs) Yes, love that. That is a radio professional, folks. (laughs) I do. I have car number four, car number four right now, a $25 gift card to Superior Fireworks. This brought to you by our 1010XL holiday gift guide. Head over to 1010XL for more, uh, 1010XL.com, excuse me, for more gift ideas. Yeah, nothing like putting some fireworks under the tree. You can go there and take advantage of that. I think they do have fireworks. Like, they have the light up, Mm -hmm. and then they have the fireworks. At least that's what all these aerial photos from the Bengals game. Matt was just telling me he's going to drug his dog for the New Year's. Well, Well, nothing wrong with that. Oh, you're a druggie. He needs a little sedation, man. Like, a majority of dogs Sedation. Nothing nothing, nothing wrong with a a little bit of Don't be nervous. Don't be scared. (laughs) Yeah. He needs a little. He just needs a little. (laughs) Take the edge off, man. Come on. Mm. Yeah. And by the way, Frank, it it never ever fireworks never got him. Really, my dog didn't care. Never ever bothered him. Ninety percent of them hate it. Now he and I, we're you know we're struggling to hear one another. Uh, but, uh, you know, so he really doesn't care now. Well, maybe but, you shouldn't have listened to all those fireworks yeah. over the years, okay? He, just, he, was, he was always chill. Never yeah. bothered him. Mm-hmm. And, and by the way, he's 17, so he's... Oh, well, there yeah, you go. He, he's, he's been through the ringer um, here of late, but hopefully he's going to hang on. That's what, I'm, that's what I'm thinking more than anything else. All right, so, again, uh, let me just use that fireworks as a segue, Leon, because we're close to wrapping everything up. When, when, when you need a get-well game, this team does. They've lost two in a row. The Ravens are rocking and rolling, okay? They're feeling pretty good. They're the number one seed in the AFC. And this might be prime pickoff time for them, okay? It might be a great opportunity for this team to get well against them. It is not going to be easy. If you take a look statistically at what Baltimore does on both sides of the ball, they are coming up aces, top one, two, three, and four in like a ton of different categories. How do you, how do you, like, what would you attack first in terms of what you could do offensively and going after Baltimore? Well, I, I mean, I would attack first. You got, you got to stop the one run. Yeah. You, you got to make them one dimension as, as believe it or not, you, they still have two dynamic wide receivers in yeah. the OBJ is a safe flowers, but you got to stop something. You got to stop the run. You've got to so, try to dictate the tempo of the game. All right. You got, you got to get them off his spot as much as El Boogie likes to run. If he's comfortable in that pocket, he's going to light you up. Yeah. I just, so you've got to make him uncomfortable, get him off his spots, stay in your rush lanes, okay? Because if you're running twists and stuff like that and you're playing man and he sees those guys backing off, mm-hmm. he's going to take off. So you got to stay in your rush lanes and just give, and keep him off his spot. You, you can't allow him to dictate the game with the pet, with his arm and his legs. Right. you got to take something away from him. Which, as the Jaguars noted when we spoke with a bunch of them in the locker room yesterday, all interviews up on our YouTube and Facebook page, of course, they suggested that the Ravens are obviously throwing the ball a lot oh, yeah. more than the last time these two Better teams faced. It. And so that's where I'm curious. Do they go with that three-safety look again? Do they have three linebackers on the field? What What's the play, if you had to guess, Leon? Well, I don't think we're equipped to go to play man. I, mm-hmm. I I just don't think. I think we've, I think we're 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 not equipped to play man. So more than likely, we're going to play zone, or we might play fire zone, like mm-hmm. we played in the last couple of games. You see how that worked out for us. So <laughs> so so I, I don't know. Maybe the three safety look. Maybe that you give them something different that they haven't seen before. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you give them. Some, I don't know what it is, but whatever you do, you. You can't let El Boogie beat you with both. And he he's he's now and and it's not like he didn't do this before, but he's doing it at a, at another level, Matt. Where he is running to win. In other words, before it might have been okay, look, read, look, read, decide, run. Okay, now 
It's I'm going to run, slide, or whatever, and I'm still going to be looking down the field because he's making a, a lot more plays that, that way as opposed to just taking off. He, there's no doubt he is. And, and, and the thing is, is earlier this year with Trevor, for the couple nagging injuries, he mm-hmm. was doing that. And yeah. it, their offense yeah. was completely different. Yeah. And now he's, for whatever reason, not, I'm sure it's because of the injuries, not yeah. doing it as much. But you could but really yeah, stress that, a D. When you have a quarterback that can run, that's athletic, you can put a defense in so much different conflict at all different levels, and that's what he does, man. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we do have a injury no. up. Go ahead, Leon. No, no, I was going to say, I mean, um, if, if I was the defensive coordinator, I mean, the offensive coordinator came from Georgia. Mm-hmm. So I would go and get film. Now, Georgia won back-to-back championships when he was offensive coordinator, but if there was any team that – maybe stress Georgia's offense in some capacity, mm-hmm. and you just look at that film and see what you can do to maybe implica- implicate that, you know, put that in your defense in some mm-hmm. capacity. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, that, he, coordinators t- t- have tendencies. They have tendencies from where they came from to bring it here. So if I was the Jaguars, I mean, I would have to go in library Georgia, a game they made a, had a little tough stench against. And see what they did to manipulate that offense. To make did they tough. have any tough games? Yeah. Uh, well, well, Missouri. In year, in year I'm a, one, yes. Yeah. I mean, I'm not sure what Missouri played Georgia tough, right? Yeah, they did. Yeah. yeah so and I mean, and well. Stetson, like this is by no means comparing one to the other, but Stetson could move a little bit. Mm-hmm. He had some wheels, and obviously they got the ball down the field because they had dangerous playmakers. Mm-hmm. Do you want to get a quick injury update before we say hello to the Frangie Show? This is from practice. The Jaguars are working inside at the Miller Electric Center. Tyson Campbell and Andre Sisco in attendance during the media availability portion of Mm -hmm. practice. No orange, no contact jersey for Trey Herndon, who remains in the league's protocol. Walker Little, Ezra Cleveland, both getting reps during team and individual drills, which is obviously huge for both. And then meanwhile, just because I know we're always looking at the out-of-town box score, C.J. Stroud not practicing for a second straight day as he also remains in the league's concussion protocol. Yeah, and and I I don't know whether it's going to sit him down for more than one game, but it did not look good, that's for sure. Now, the two-minute drill, brought to you by Tire Outlet. Keeping the rubber on the road with wholesale prices and premium service. Tire Outlet, Jacksonville's largest locally owned automotive repair shop. We're on the short shift today. Lauren Brooks joins us. Friends show getting ready to roll at 2 o'clock. That's right. We, of course, have to make way, like Mia said earlier, for the Doug Peterson show and Jaguars mm-hmm. happy hour. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and Doug, I, I don't know what he'll say today, but he's probably feeling like he'd like to say a lot of things. He just needs to see his team be a little cleaner on the practice field, and obviously in the game. Yeah, I think there's been a lot of interesting things. Usually there's this team, I feel like, is drama-free under Doug Peterson, but there's been a, quite a few things over the last couple of weeks that has piqued, I think, fans' interest and certainly media going, oh, okay, so what exactly happened with that? Like like you said, practice or the route running now, and what exactly is going on around here? Yeah, a soapish locker room, as I was asking Leon uh, about it earlier. <laughs> All right, so without – That'll be on, on the docket. Yes, certainly. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about college football. We'll talk a little baseball. You know, it's there's a lot going on this time of year. All right. Sounds good, Lauren. We'll be listening. Thank, Thank you. Thank you so much. All right, Lauren, French, Hayes, RJ, they all have it coming up. But first. Now, today's takeaways brought to you by Key Buick GMC, where our family dealership has been helping families buy vehicles for over 50 years. It's pronounced annals of history, not annals of history. And that's my takeaway. Uh, honestly, we're never going to let you live that down. Yeah, I know. Never. I've accepted it. My apologies. It does mm-hmm. depend on how you, what you're describing. I it, think it, I've it, said it on the show before, but yeah. my parents actually keep a list. They, they call it the Mia-isms of when I mess up words. So uh, you can throw that one on the list. Yeah, yeah. takeaway. My takeaway is um, the Jaguars. Um, I, I'm not going to keep going to the same movie. And I bring my, 
I'm not going to keep going to the same movie with my popcorn and seeing the same flick. Yeah. Show me something different or I'm going to stop going to the movie. Simple as that. Uh, my takeaway is something I mentioned actually last hour. I mean, you're, it's the most under, underreported fact in college football over the last year and a half. Florida State has won 19 straight games. Mm-hmm. Think about that. Yeah. And no one's talking about it. Yeah. No one. Well, it's funny because it's that streak that Georgia had kept alive, 28 games, right. and that's probably why no one was talking about it. Uh, my takeaway was looking at that SEC schedule and the gauntlet that will be ahead for the Gators, and, and Billy Napier better have something that looks like good, organized, competitive football when they have to roll it out against Miami, A&M, Mississippi State, and Kentucky, and that's four of their first five contests, so it definitely is not going to be easy. All right, we are done. We got the Francis Show coming up next, and then the Coach's Show with Doug Peterson all ahead in your afternoon. Joe C., Mia O'Brien, Maddie Hayes, Big Surs, and JJ. Don't forget, Players Grill Mandarin tomorrow with XL Primetime. We'd love to see you.